0: So, I'm in Walmart the other night.
1: Yes, we do shop at Walmart. Uh, that,
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that was like I just admitted something bad? Or what?
1: No, uh, I like Walmart. I mean, Target's good, too. I don't care. I didn't have my Walmart
0: outfit on, though. No. You know? No, I mean, and I know,
1: actually have something to say about them.
0: You know the outfit, either a pair of shorts that are up your crotch or a pair of jogging pants and a dirty shirt.
1: Or see-through. Or maybe,
0: yeah, something.
1: or or Or, like... Total guy, guy with beard and, yeah, like, look, gangly look, hair, dress and heels and short shorts. I, that I look, one always gets me.
0: I looked at a place. I had regular pants on and a T-shirt. But anyways, <laughs> so so seriously, I'm in Walmart, right? Uh-huh. And I walk in to the, f- uh, not the food, but the meat section. Okay. Now, you know, our Walmart, when you walk in, like, some Walmarts are different. Like, I noticed the one in Inverness, you got to go left.
1: To the food. Right, right. They're set up different.
0: Right. The one here in Homosassa, you walk in and you got to go right. And there's your veggies. And then you come to the meat. Right. But when I came to the meat, there was no meat. Where'd the meat go? Where's the beef? (laughs) remember (laughs) that commercial? Wendy's. Where's the beef? That old lady. Where's the beef? Anyways. So, and in fact, it was the beef. There Uh was no beef. Like literally. Well, you know, I sent you a picture. Yes. And there was not one quarter pound of hamburger or nothing in the store. There was not, there was literally, remember we were, I was there to pick up steaks. I thought, yeah, we'll just buy a couple, you know, New York strips. You can get the USDA Choice steaks there at Walmart usually. And I I literally had like the only pack of three strips, or no, two strips in my hand, but we needed more than that. And so this couple came by, and they were looking for steaks. And I said, hey, do you want these? And they took them, obviously. <laughs> Duh. Hell yeah, we'll take them. <laughs> but anyways, so there was a Walmart guy pushing a, uh, uh, what the heck, like a thingy with product on it. Mm-hmm. And I look at him, and he's standing there by the hamburger. And I go, I should have I opened, like, with, where's the beef? That would have been funny. But no. I, <laughs> I <laughs> Those afterthoughts. I, I, I should have said that to where's the beef? But I said I said, Where's the food? Where where's all the food, man? And he looks at me and he goes, Seriously, this is what he says to me, he goes, It's the truckers. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. It it took me back. I was like I stood there for a second and I go, What? He goes, Yeah, they're refusing to take loads and and they're striking and they're do I go, dude. Seriously, it is not the truckers. I mean, literally, how does rumor get started? Like that? You're you're in Walmart, and there's Gabby Gossiper, right, spreading crap about truckers right there in the store. And I'm like, no, it's not the truckers. So I looked it up. I'm like, why is the – why – why are grocery stores so... I mean, everybody's seeing Yeah, this. there's a lot of grocery stores that are short-supplied. So, anyway, so what they really are saying, it's really um, con- uh, attributed to, is the fact that this Omicron... Seriously, this is like the new... You know, like last year it was something different. This year, it's, you know, with the supply chain and the Omicron, even though nobody's supposedly dying from it, they're still getting pretty sick. And... So, anyway, so they're at home sick, and they said right now the average food chain place, or whatever the case is, even even in trucking companies, um, they said the average staff is fifty percent at best. Hmm. So even though even though there's not like a pandemic of people dying like crazy, like they were in in twenty two thousand twenty. Remember that mm-hmm. was the bad one, the COVID nineteen. Um, so. Grocery stores. And what's funny is because when we went to Sam's yesterday, I walked into the vegetable area in the cooler. You know how they have the new coolers inside. You walk in, and you freeze your tail off. Mm-hmm. Well, I said to the lady, where's the broccoli? And she goes, oh, I, we haven't gotten it out. So they're they're understaffed, mm-hmm. a lot of these places. Some of them, if you if you walk into a store right now and you don't see it on the shelf, it's a good idea to go and ask them because there's a good chance that they may
1: have it Backed up. Yeah, they just haven't opened that particular unwrapped that that pallet. Right. So I mean I don't
0: I don't see it being the truckers. The it's, the truckers. Tr- it's the truckers. It's the truckers. The truckers are starving us. Oh no. You know what's funny though? We we could
1: starve them. We could do a lot. I mean truckers can do so much damage to society. If if
0: but truckers aren't like that. American truckers have a heart.
1: Yeah, they want to. They want to get paid too, and they
0: want their families to eat. Yeah, and they want to eat. So we we don't we don't you know strike and hold out because they say they say if uh the truckers if it was the truckers and they just stopped driving for three days Mm -hmm. and see what happens in three days is your shelf life stuff that is really needed milk. Breads, although they they do something weird to bread now. It lasts like five years now. It used it's,
1: to. It's it's Twinkie Twinkie Lake. Yeah, bread uh, bread
0: used to die in in three to four days after you bought it. You had to get you had to get rid of it.
1: Yeah, now it got you can, moldy before you fi- finished it.
0: Right you, now, you don't even have to freeze your bread. You can just put it in the cupboard and wait a month and eat it. It's still good. It's it, they I, they supposedly run it under ultraviolet lights mm, or something. I don't know. It's but a it's new, yeah. It's kind of weird. Mm. But but anyways, um, if truckers shut down. Seriously, um, obviously the things that get delivered—milk, um, eggs, butter, butter. But sour
1: cream, that kind of stuff—right, yogurt. Now
0: look at this: baby formulas, medicines, all that stuff is you know delivered by truck. Mm-hmm. You know, originally. Oh yeah. So it would be—you think this is crazy? This pandemic if the trucking world said, you know what, we're sick of this. But, you know, right now truckers are making really, really good money. So if they shut, if they literally said, we're going to stop driving for even three to seven days, I'm telling you, there would be pandemonium. I mean, where would all the trucks go? We wouldn't even need a disease. We could start so much trouble. Right. Well, even think about this. Like if the trucker said, we're not going to drive anymore, there's millions of them on the road, right? Nobody ever, th- I'm, I'm thinking of this, where would you park all the trucks? There, there wouldn't even be room to park them if they just stopped them. Because, you know, we rely on a lot of them to keep going. Mm-hmm. There's, they, they have a hard time now parking in the truck stops if, if they said, all right, that's it, every trucker agreed, which that'll never happen. Or well, every trucker agreed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that wouldn't never happen, but also it would be really cool if they could do like National Trucker Vacation. And they all have off for like a week just to show people what they really depend on when it comes to the truckers. But when I get in a tangent and I have over this sp- specific thing where they're blaming truck drivers for the shelves being gone. Right. I and mean, it happened at the studio. You and they're, mean the
0: dance studio? Yeah.
1: Oh. So, yeah, not this studio. So at the dance studio, one of the, the someone was saying about how with the costumes, because our costumes... We're not coming in. We had to do like a mass quick order of costumes, and it threw everybody kind of out of their their usual sequence. And I said, "Well, there's nothing we can do because we had to order what we could, and that's where it went." And some of them were like getting all, eh. and then some of them said about with the delivery with the trucker. I go, "Wait a second, let me show you the actual reasoning for this." Yes, the truckers were not able to deliver the product. Some of them we're not having full companies to where they couldn't do it. I said, "But let's take one step back. The truckers' trailers weren't filled with the product that you need. In return, the people that make that product that you need, they were either out of work or they couldn't get the product to make what you needed." I said it all stems from the very beginning of it. How do you get that product, the material well, that material comes from somewhere, and then that material goes to another place till they sew it together, and then that goes to another place where they do more stuff, and then it gets to the trucks, and then it goes. I said, so it all stems back to the very first person. I didn't want to work because they couldn't get the product. So it, it don't start with the trucker. It starts way back with the product
0: being made. Right, and, and you ever stop to think about this also? Right now, every trucking company and their brother has been promised all these rigs mm-hmm. that are sitting with this Microsoft chip uh, left out to where their cars, trucks, everything is just sitting. And so what, what I'm getting at is trucking companies rely on new trucks to grow. And so w- with parts and everything being backed up, like say you, say you have 50 trucks. Well, there's a good chance if you have 50 trucks in your fleet that maybe five of them are down with parts that – Need to be, you know, that are waiting on order. Mm-hmm. All kind of knock sensors and everything, mm-hmm. or or they had to rob it from another truck to keep that one going. So mm-hmm. either way, a lot of companies have actually shrunk. A lot of people don't realize. That a lot of companies right now are a couple percent down because they they like I said they rely on new trucks every year coming in or used trucks, and the the supply chain is just not there. So. That's affecting trucking, but Mm -hmm. you can't blame the truckers.
1: I mean, that's to me is like... The only truckers that we can blame are the ones that don't want to actually go out and work. I mean, that's not us blaming them. That's their choice not to go out and do the physical work. And that's what I had said to the the people that when I was telling them about the studio, at the studio, I said, you know, if you want to blame people, blame the people that don't want to go out and actually make the product The people that don't want to go out and work because they want to take the the, the checks from the government. They don't realize those government checks are making everything else go up, too. Well, let's talk about that for a second. Something I've been really checking into. So,
0: listen to this. Just listen to this for a second. Mm -hmm. I've been reading a lot where, you know, they're saying, okay, people are lazy. They don't want to go back to work. Mm -hmm. But some of them have a valid point. Now, listen to this. A lot of them are saying... I'm not coming back to work for your cheap wages that I was working for before. Now think about this for one second. Even let's take trucking companies, for example, Walmart. I don't care who they are. Do you know how much inflation has gone up to where these guys are now making way more money than they ever have? Seriously, wages really haven't gone up like they should with most industries. So let's say you're a trucking company. Let's say you're a trucking company right now. And before the pandemic, you were paying people 45 cents a mile, whatever. Right. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Well, right now the average, the average rate is honestly, um, anywhere from 60 to 80 cents. A lot of these guys are getting right. But a lot of companies are, and and, you know, there may be companies right now going, Oh, Troy, shut up. blah, blah blah. But you know what? Why should I shut up? Your rates that you're getting Right now, the average dry van rate—if you, you all you got to do is go on truckstop.com or on the DAT—and the average rate is just at three bucks a mile for van freight. So this is this is way more than a buck something a mile than they were getting a year or two ago. Or, you know, three, four years ago when wages were really down pre-pandemic. So a lot of trucking companies are making a crap ton more money, but they're not passing it on to the driver. And so drivers are saying, you know what? I'm not going to come back and work for 45 cents a mile. There's a, I talked to a guy the other day. He's been with the same company since he started driving. He he's, he lives in Michigan, right? Mm-hmm. He, he, he's been there six months or nine months. He's at 46 cents a mile. Forty-six cents a mile. He's over the road. Guy runs three to thir- right between three and thirty-five hundred miles every week. Can you really blame a guy that doesn't want to go work for that Michigan company? Okay, that's offering experience. I mean, I know six months or nine months or whatever he has is not a lot of experience, but still, there's a lot of companies right now paying more than that for
1: students. Well, there's there's I, that's going across everywhere. I mean, the medical. Field itself. I mean, they're bringing in people to fill spots and they're paying those people huge bonuses. I mean, there's some that are getting three to five thousand a week. But I'm not talking about those. No, I'm I'm saying that they're doing it all over is what I'm trying to say. And what a lot of people are saying is pay the people that are with you now. Stop paying these outrageous rates to bring new people in. Keep, you know, pay the people that are loyal to you right now and working.
0: Right. And and I see what you're saying there. A lot of them are retooling. and and But what I'm getting at is there's a lot that are not. Like, yeah. for example, if you're just a regular Joe worker, right? Just so say even Burger King. Now, I know people get insulted when they hear that Burger King people want more money. But those guys get usually 25, 30 hours. They get no insurance. And you want them to come in there and, and work. But guess what? If you go to McDonald's or Burger King and order a meal for you and a couple people, that's like thirty to fifty dollars now. Yeah, it's getting outrageous. Okay, so so where why can't they pass that on to the to their workers now that inflation and you've upped your damn Whopper and your your Big Macs? Why can't you pass it on to your workers? So that's why they don't want to go back. They're they're begging. I'm reading this. They're begging these guys. You know what they're doing over in Daytona area right now? They're taking McDonald's workers. I think it's M- Daytona or St. Augustine. They're advertising pay pay next day so every day you work you actually get a check the next day there or they'll put it on your card so you don't even have to wait there's no waiting for your money that's how desperate they are but they still aren't paying these guys what they're worth and like i said you get up a, a whole drive-through of people in a day what do you think a burger here at mcdonald's is taking in now they're making a lot but they're not paying the and it's the same across the board i bet you 80% of all employers have not up their salaries to meet what these guys really should be getting.
1: Some are, because I know um, one of the studio dancers, he uh, just got a job at Sonic the last few months, and he was just stating he has like one more week before his little trial period's over, Mm -hmm. and he'll be making $16 an hour. Wow, the one here in Crystal River? Yeah, so now, granted, there is times where you can't trust everything that comes out of the teen's mouth, but... It's a teen? Yeah. But the thing is, is he's telling everybody, hey, I'm going to be making this. They never lie. Well, no, they they do. And, you know, you some, go- some more than others. But I think that, Google you know, I had seen that that because of the minimum wage, that's what they're doing is upping those.
0: Go- Google is Sonic paying $16 an hour.
1: Okay.
0: I'm, I'd be really curious, especially in Florida. But, but what I'm getting at, though, is a lot of them have a, a legitimate beef. You understand what I mean? A lot of them are being asked to come back and work for wages that they don't have to work for. You know, really the bottom line is there's a, it's a very competitive market out there. And if you've your profit has gone up, then you really need to pass it on to the driver or to the worker or whatever the case is. That's just my, my way of thinking. It, you know, it's gone up. Pay, you know, bring your wage up and you'll get workers. Did you find it?
1: It says... um, a crew member is ten ninety six per hour. Car hopper is eleven thirty one. An assistant manager is fourteen fifteen. General manager is fourteen ninety six. Shift manager is twelve ninety seven. Cook is eleven twelve. So the kid lied. Well, I'm not sure. Well, he's
0: he just told you that he's going to get more than the manager.
1: Well, I'll, you're not hearing.
0: I did hear. You just no. Went.
1: I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, it just says United States, so I don't know where it's at. Like it might be in a different area.
0: Well, I mean if they're paying managers fourteen twenty five in any area, I doubt in Florida they're paying a car hopper or a guy that stands there take taking orders, okay, sixteen dollars well, an hour.
1: Here is a oh that's a twenty thousand per year. Um honestly I couldn't tell you. Right. Well, all I'm saying is, and great for that
0: kid if if Sonic's paying him 16 bucks an hour. And and I'm gonna we're gonna move on here in a second. All I'm saying is, they kind of have a little legitimate beef, um, you know, why people aren't going to work, why the supply chain is down, um, but we sure can't blame it on the truckers because we already know that these guys are running hard, making deliveries, and uh, I I just don't see it. The only way it's the trucker's fault is if they don't have freight to haul.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. No, it's true. I mean, they have to have the freight to be able to move it and the equipment to move it with. So let's move on. That was my Walmart story. Okay. So I wanted to tell you, I had something to go with the Walmart real quick. Go ahead. So you know how you see people walking outside with masks on for no apparent reason or driving their car with nobody in it, but themselves with a mask on. Yes. I am now going to consider them Walmart people. Okay. You know how they always dress like really crazy? That right now is the same category to me. Walking down the open-air street with your mask on with nobody else around you is a same concept of dressing like that person that gets posted on the Walmart crazy stage.
0: Well... It- just you know what before we move on let me just say this I seen a lady and her husband the other day they were walking in Walmart they had their groceries they had their masks on and then they had their dog sitting in there with their groceries yeah so they're yeah. trying to they're trying to they're trying to be germ free but they got their dog sitting in their groceries walking around in Walmart I mean a, a little bit um it's
1: I, a little, so <laughs> crazy I mean hello your dog just walked across the concrete in the grass that has And it probably might have eaten Who knows it. what
0: <laughs> It might have eaten its own poop earlier You never know,
1: those, those, those dogs are weird like
0: that D- Dogs are really disgusting, you know Even though you think your little Fifi is um, this little baby Like people treat it, this is daddy's little baby You know what, your little baby eats grasshoppers and poops in grass
1: Hey, my little baby would chase anything. Yeah. Okay.
0: Let's let's move on. Okay. Let's get into some trucking stuff. You know what? Today, I've just got a couple things today. Okay. Uh, and and this is gonna blow your mind. You, you remember that the guy? Um, I have his name. I can't remember his name. It's uh, but I don't see it. I'll I'll have it here in a little bit. Um. Anyways, the guy that got. Arrested for killing those people in Colorado. The trucker came down the mountain. He got the Yeah, yeah the
1: one that got the, the 100, 110.
0: 110 years, And yeah. then
1: it backed out.
0: Well, yeah, he's only doing 10 now. Well, I've got, are you ready for this? Yes. I obtained part of the deposition that the trucking company, okay? I think mm-hmm. they're called um, Castellano... O three or something. I, I'll I'll give you the name of the trucking company itself. But anyways, they, they went and deposed her. A lawyer did. You know what a deposition is, right? Yeah. So she had to do a deposition with this lawyer in 2019 after after the uh, Agu- I think his name was Aguilera or something like that after he got arrested for killing those people. So I have part of the deposition. I have some an arbitrational sheet that we obtained also that I'm going to read out with the fines and the stuff they were charged with, which will kind of blow your mind. I mean, literally, because um, I, I keep saying that it shouldn't just be the driver paying for this, 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 the price that he did. He was a new driver, you know, blah, blah, blah. But anyways, we're going to get into that. Um, I have a, a little story on a driver that was DUI and killed a cop uh, this past week. He's in a lot of trouble. And... That's all I've got on Talk CDL today, except just hanging out with you, Ruthann. So let's move on. I got some stuff. Let's move on. And and, uh, how about we uh, talk about our first sponsor today? How about JJ Keller, the trucker secretary, you call them? Yes. They organize you. It's like... It's like hiring your own personal staff for really pennies on the dollar. I'm serious. They're they're very great to have around if you're looking to become a new company. JJ Keller at 888-601-2017 can help you and I promise you they'll be your secretary, your best friend. You'll know that they're worth their weight in gold. 888-601-2017. Moving on, Ruthann. Are we ready? Yeah. All right. Blow my mind. Well, how about how about we talk about about that let's let's get right in well let's talk let's talk about that before we talk about the d u i guy listen to this trucking company involved in fiery and fatal two thousand and nineteen crash in Lakewood was little more than a one truck operation run by a woman who consulted in neighbors' friends and the internet before starting her business in houston so this is this was the uh, trucking company, let me just read a little more. It says the company has largely avoided public scrutiny before and after the high profile conviction of its one and only driver. They're saying that, but I, I looked it up on Safer, which Safer has them shut down. They're shut down right now. Um, but, anyways, the driver's name is Rogel Aguilera Maderos. Okay. It, it, it says that they only had one truck, but you can actually still pull them up on Quick Transport Solutions. Okay, and the uh, company itself still shows up on Quick Transport Solutions with their DOT number. I have that all here. And uh, the company is called Castellano, that's C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-O-03 Trucking, LLC. DOT number is 302-9296, in case anybody wants to do any kind of homework on them. But anyways, this company, Castellano 03 Trucking, started their business in Houston. Zero trucking knowledge, zero trucking experience. And as we read the deposition, I'm going to read to you, we find that she got the idea because her neighbor was running a little trucking business and doing well. So she researched it on the internet, how to start one. And then... Hired a driver. And so, really, what I want to talk about today, more than anything, we're going to talk about what happened to them, but I want to talk about how are trucking companies really vetting their drivers, okay? Because they're really supposed to be vetting them or checking them out pretty hard, and you you understand, because you used to do some of that stuff, mm-hmm. um, but there's a lot of trucking companies today that really don't follow protocol, and we'll get into that, but before we do, I want to show you what I found on this, this company, Castellano... 3 Trucking, LLC. Um, I was only able to pull up a few things on the internet. You can actually find things. Uh, they had gotten some fines. I'm not sure when. And they did have three trucks. So truck number two had a tie down, not adjustable by driver. Um, truck number one had a brake hose or tubing, chafing, or kinking. These were, they were shut down. Uh, just a little bit. One had, uh, truck number two also had inoperable required lamp. That really should have been easy to change. And then number one, number one truck had, uh, they got a fine for oil and uh, grease leaking when you know they gone through their checks. So mm-hmm. it's uh, nothing. Little late. stuff. Yeah, little stuff. Um, but now check this out. This was, this is really uh, interesting. This thing I found here. It's the arbitration. It says, before the United States Department of Transportation, Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, and obviously the, uh, uh, I don't know what you call them, the plaintiff, or not the plaintiff, but the... Defendant. Defendant. Yeah, thank you. Defendant would would have been um, Castellano 03 Trucking, and uh, I have her name, which I'll be giving out here in just a second, the lady that owns it, and uh, this is an arbitration. Because they got a bunch of fines back when this accident happened. Now, tell me this doesn't blow your mind. Their total in fines that they got was a little over $10,000. Are you kidding me? I Literally, I'm going to read it to you. This is what this is what the company that hired the driver, they got a little over $10,000. And wait to hear what they got the fine for. So it says, Castellano 03 Trucking LLC, uh, motor... Carrier and the Department of Transportation's Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration each executed an arbitration agreement, voluntarily electing the binding arbitration procedure to be conducted pursuant. And then it gives the fancy numberings. It says this procedure also is conducted in pursuant to the guidance published in the Federal Registr- Register. It gives a bunch of numbers. Then it says the carrier admits. Now, this is where Detective Ruth ends. I know you're churning over there. (laughs) The carrier admits to the 11 violations found during a compliance review conducted in 2019, but takes issue with the agency-assessed penalty of $10,310. So... I, if, if they're if you, admitting
1: they had issues, but they don't like what they had to pay.
0: Oh, wait! Do you hear the, the what they, they they fine them for? But my my thing is, if my driver, if I had a trucking company, and my driver killed four people and literally wiped out twenty-eight vehicles, that's how many vehicles were involved in this. If we had a drive, if we had a company, and our driver did that, and we got a ten-thousand-dollar fine, I'd be thanking them. Thank you for not giving me a $5 million fine and suing me. Mm -hmm. So check this out. It says the penalty of of $10,310 and payment schedule. One count is for violating the, now listen to these charges, 49 CFR 382.301. I'll I'll repeat that again because I know drivers are going to be looking it up. Violation 49 CFR 382.301. It says, no employer, here's here's what it says, no employer shall allow a driver, where, where am I at here, who the employer intends to hire or use to perform safety sensitive functions unless the employer has received a controlled substance test result from the driver Indicating a verified negative test result for that driver. So it sounds like she didn't do a pre-employment. They didn't even do a pre-employment drug screen on this no. on this guy. They didn't do a drug screen. Yeah, because later on, I I, I th- if you read the entire article, she was saying that she had her. She checked him out. and He had a good reputation. So, but you know, it's like you still got to comply. This is why one, she got one of her fines. Now, I'm just saying allegedly because I don't know. You know, if that's exactly meaning that, but it sounds like that's exactly what it's mm-hmm. talking about. Mm-hmm. Um Next thing, it says 10 counts are for violating 49 CFR 395.8. Uh, uh, then it says parentheses E, parentheses one. No driver or motor carrier may make a false report in connection with a duty status. Examples of these counts involve driver reports indicating that Driver was in a vehicle's sleeping berth, although at such times the driver was in the uh, in the driver in driving the vehicle. So he was lying on his logs. Basically, yeah, exactly. Uh, it says the penalty for the first violation is four thousand one hundred and ten. I'm sorry, four thousand seven hundred ten dollars for each of the ten violations of the second provision. The penalty is five hundred and sixty dollars. So. Here, let me let me just finish. It says a total for these was fifty six hundred. The arbitration agreement specifies no minimum penalty, but a maximum penalty to be assessed of ten thousand three hundred and ten dollars. To be resolved by the arbitration procedure is the amount of the penalty and the terms of payment. With the result to be final, binding on this was back then in nineteen, and so it was they they uh, arbitration. It looks like was on May thirteenth in two thousand twenty. Each party and arbitrator uh, participated in the arbitration hearing, during which additional information was ascertained. And so I even read on, and she just had to pay like a thousand bucks a month until it was over. I mean, seriously, she should be on her knees thanking them that that they were not going to go to jail themselves,
1: right? Because she didn't do any of the proper background checks and so forth that the FMCSA needed. By the likes of what you're saying, if she didn't do the pre-employment drug test, she probably didn't do half the other stuff that's needed to perform those duties like FMCSA requires you to show two years of past employment in the last three years. So you have to have record of that, of you contacting the company and getting what the yeah. drug and alcohol results were. I mean, even though they have the clearinghouse, you're supposed to have the drivers in the clearinghouse. And there's a lot of stuff that you have to do now as a company because of these situations.
0: Well, I have that all written down for after the deposition. We'll kind of go over that, what you were just saying. And you, you're you more of an expert on that than I am. Um, would you like to hear some of the deposition? Sure. When the when the lawyer, when she was questioned. Okay. Here's what it starts out. It says, question. Let me blow it up a little bit. It says, oops. It doesn't say oops. Okay. It says, and did you have anybody that you were in business with at Castellano, or did you do that all on your own? You know what I mean? Uh, Going to trucking. Mm-hmm. She she answers, no, I did that on my own. Next question. So was Castellano an LLC, a corporation? She said it was an LLC. And you did that on your own as well. She said, yes. So she was smart enough to, you know, get her own LLC and get registered, get her DOT number and all that other stuff. Question, it says, and you did that. Oh, I'm sorry. I was reading that over. Uh, Question, what inspired you to open a trucking company? She says, I know other people who own a company that they haul, you know, those loads for let's say that say this is like a marriage and she finds loads and he's on the road and it's going on pretty good. This is her explaining how her neighbor, you know, operates next question. Um, and was making good money. And so thought you could do it also. So they were making good money, your neighbors, and this is what you thought. Mm -hmm. And she said, "Uh huh," And, uh, a lawyer says, "Well, could you say yes or no?" And she she replies, "Yes." Next question: You said you had a friend who knew about the laws. Uh, her answer: No. They have a company the same as me. They open it. Next question: Who's this friend? She says, "It's a friend that we have that the same on the same street where I live at." They closed that, actually. So the friend's trucking company was closed down by the time this deposition went on. Mm -hmm. Question. So they are a neighbor. Her answer. It's like a neighbor, yes. It's like a neighbor. So it almost sounds like she's a little BS and, you know. But anyways, next question. So one of your neighbors had a trucking company and you were doing pretty well at it. Her answer, yes. Question. And you decided you can do that, too. And she said, Yes. Last question. And you had no previous experience in the trucking industry. Is that right? Answer, no. So, not that it's illegal for anybody that doesn't know trucking, but you would think that you would kind of, you know what I mean, try to get a little bit of experience in the trucking industry and, you know, maybe obtain a little more knowledge before, especially the safety aspect of it.
1: I agree. I th- I, there's so many people that think that they could just do something and they don't realize that that's only the top layer of everything. It's It's like being a chef. You think, oh, I can cook that. But you don't realize when you're getting into it that when you make the sauce or you make certain parts of that meal, there's more to it than that top layer of grilling the beef. You know.
0: Well, you know, you actually bring up a great point. Most restaurants don't fail because they don't—they're not good cooks. Mm-hmm. They fail because of the management of it, because mm-hmm. they don't understand the business part of it. Mm-hmm. Trucking's the same way. If you don't understand, you—trucking is so complex, Ruthann. And you were right before you started talking about what we're about to talk about, as far as what these companies vet, how they vet their drivers. Drivers mm-hmm. can't even talk right now. But anyways, y- you know, a lot of these people get into it, like like it was, like the lawyer was asking her you're basically getting into this because your neighbor is making some good money and you you had a couple of bucks and could get a truck you know that's really all that was with her mm-hmm. you know what i mean and then you'll you know okay i'll get a driver after that you know it's like and they don't understand especially the safety part of it the fmcsa all the all the regulations and rules mm-hmm. not to mention the management part of the business itself but when you start hiring drivers now you're, you've opened up a whole new can of worms when it comes to uh, having your business in compliance. It doesn't sound like she was in compliance from day one. Didn't no. He, didn't even sound like she drug screened the guy. No. How do you do that? You know, and we'll let's get into real quick what you were talking about earlier. Um, Vetting. Well, there's a lot of trucking companies out there, okay, um, that are really compliant. You know that. Mm-hmm. There's some company DOT. What are they? What are they required? Three years? I mean, you're you're required to give a ten year work history.
1: But yeah, you have to give a ten year work history generally for the company itself, right? And for if you get audited by the DOT, they need to see what the person's been doing for ten years. But as far as employee background, the VOE checks, which is the verif- verification of employment, you have to have three years on file of actually contacting their past past employees or employers and their drug and alcohol history, any accident history, complete works.
0: And and what I was told by a lot of safety directors, the actual rule of thumb is they have to actually have three documented attempts for right. each for when when a driver puts say a driver applies for a company and he has five jobs in the last three years, 36 months. Mm -hmm. Okay. So technically what's the, we're, we're in February of 2022. So technically they would have to go back to February of 2019 Mm -hmm. to be able to say, we, we, we checked out everything for the last three years. Mm -hmm. Well, let's say they call or, you know, let's say it's a small company and they have to call them and they say the company doesn't answer. Okay, so now they have to document that, that they have attempted mm-hmm. on this day, blah, blah, blah. Right, they dates to, and time. Right, they have to legally they have to do that three times. But most good companies that I know, they will not hire that truck driver if they can't at least verif- verify what their insurance needs for them to hire. Like some will just BS and say, yeah, the driver has this amount of experience. This is what he put on his application, but they're not really checking him out. Uh, um, apparently, it almost sounds like what she might have done
1: if she even did some of that, but with what you were saying about documenting, the reason that came about is because in 2007, when so many companies went out of business, when the big crash hit, the FMCSA gave some leniency because a lot of those mom and pop shops that a lot of drivers worked at, there was absolutely no way to prove that they even existed anymore because drivers don't, didn't keep certain records. That's why companies were like, well, did you keep any records? What about your old log books? What about this? What about that? A lot of drivers weren't keeping them, so it made it difficult. The tax records, yeah, some of that stuff is always good to keep to show that on your tax return you put truck driver, but it's not enough of it anymore, and that's another reason why the clearinghouse became a factor is because if every company has to be part of the clearinghouse, we at least have a way to document the driver had the pre-employment and during his employment the drug and alcohol testings that's re- that is required by the FMCSA. When you have a company, like say we had a trucking company, something happened to you and this is what happened with a lot of them is they had them for so long. And then, you know, Paul died because of whatever reasons. Well, mom don't know how to do any of that stuff. So what happened was that she had no way of verifying these truck drivers worked. They had nothing. The all these oil rigs, all these oil fields where they had the, the, the drivers coming in, making boo of money driving for these oil fields. And then all of a sudden, after two or three years, they dropped. Well, we couldn't get a hold of those oil field companies. So we're scrambling trying to get these drivers to still be able to work and use their CDL when we can't get a hold of any of these companies. FMCSA gave us a little bit of allowance, but it's still not enough because the insurance then doesn't, you know, like if you worked for an oil field company for three years, I made the contact three times. I, I document it. I do everything I can to show that you provided some information that you've worked for this company. But if we don't have enough information for the insurance company, there's nothing we can do. Even though the, FMS, the FMCSA said, okay, you have enough documentation. You did everything you possibly could to get this driver to keep working again. He's got no records on his PSP or anything like that, that anything bad was about him. But the insurance company says, it's not enough for me, buddy. I can't do anything.
0: I I was talking to a guy the other day that owns a small company in Chicago. Really nice guy. He has like 20 trucks. And he said his big thing is if he can't get a hold of anybody's employers, but he can see a bunch of inspections Mm -hmm. on his PSP Mm -hmm. showing. And and of course, good inspections showing this guy. Okay. He's not lying. He was with the company. He's got good inspections. Um, He said, listen, I'll give that guy a chance. Okay, if I can at least show, you know, I mean pull higher rate and at least see, okay, even though the company's not getting back to me, I could see that he was there. Right. The only thing is, obviously, like you said before, you have to also get a negative drug result Mm -hmm. for the past three years. Mm -hmm. But if the companies won't give you that, you have no choice. But at least you vet it into it enough to where you can physically see on on PSP. this guy was driving for that company, and he had good inspections. This guy was working for this company. It's on their higher rate. Whatever the case is, at least they can use that if they were you know, something were to come back to them later. But if you don't actually physically get a, a, in fact, most companies, they don't even want to hear it over the phone anymore. They don't want to hear, oh, he was
1: a good driver, he's a good guy, I'd hire him back, blah, 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 blah. Because that's not legal enough for us. We have to have it in writing.
0: Exactly. It's got to be in black and white or, you know what I mean, because they want to be able to protect their own, you know, buttocks, mm-hmm. you know, in case something comes back to them.
1: Well, that's that's the same innocent that's what's been going on lately the last few years. You have drivers that are drinking, you have drivers that are doing drugs. You have drivers like this one that you were just talking about earlier where he killed all those people. These are the reasons why we have to, as a company and with the insurance, really f- go through and and dig up on these drivers to make sure because it's a it's a liability. And as a trucking company, especially some of these really good, really good ones, you don't want to destroy your whole company. I mean, let's use Green Tree as an example. When they had that one driver that was drinking.
0: He, that was the guy that killed a couple people in Harrisburg. Right.
1: Yeah. Green is not a bad company. It was not. It was a good company. It wasn't huge. It wasn't, it wasn't... Like 50 trucks. Yeah. It was a good company. But that guy's mistake, or not mistake, but his actions... Created such a problem where Green Tree couldn't even, ha- they can't handle it. They, they had a handle liability or out of business. Yeah, bec- yeah. all because of, of what that driver did, but it might have been something that was one step back that they, I don't know how he started working there, I don't know what kind of process they've gone through, but the end result was the company had to shut down because they could not handle the actions what the driver had done. And that's why drivers... Um, why a company now with the insurance companies, they're being so strict with these companies, they can't hire the same way they used to. And one of the reasons why the clearing the house is a, a, a good thing for these, I mean, drivers might've been like, oh, it's a big pain in my butt, but and the companies might've thought that too. But in the end result, when you have a company that you can't get a hold of anymore because they closed out, they're at least in the clearinghouse because they have to file with them. If they don't, then they're really a sneaky company and there's really something bad about them. But most companies have to file in there and there's no, no if, ands, or buts about it.
0: Okay. Hey, listen, I want to I wanna continue talking about this for a few minutes because I have a few more notes that are important for some... So maybe some of these smaller companies really need to hear. But I want to take a break and um, mention a couple more sponsors since we don't have a lot of segments today. and uh, And then we'll... Go ahead and move on and finish up with what we have, okay? Okay, sounds good. So National Carriers, 888 311 7076 They got those beautiful Kenworth T six eighties. I talked to Rick Ham the other day. He's the director. They know where the beef's at. Yeah, they <laughs> yeah, exactly. They have the beef because they're beef haulers. <laughs> but they're a no-touch company and they do a nice lease purchase on those Kenworths percentage. Or you could become a student and and be trained and eventually become a lease purchase guy or stay a company guy. Anyways, 888-311-7076. Next sponsor, drivers out there in the United States, if you are east of Texas, Carter Lumber has over 160 locations and they are looking to hire Class A and Class B right. local drivers. That's home every day with benefits. Get to live your life at home instead of out in the road. If that's what you're really looking to do, drivers, go to www.carterlumber.com forward slash talk CDL. I'm going to give it to you again. It's carterlumber.com forward slash talk CDL. It's like a five questionnaire sheet, little application. You fill it out. They contact you, get you in for an interview, and hire you after they obviously vet you. Um, Ruthann, one last one last sponsor, we'll do this all real quick, mm-hmm. is LoadSmart, uh, Camion. Uh, a company called Campion, Camion has made a uh, an a application, which is a calculator for owner-operators, lease-purchase drivers, small fleets, large fleets, whatever. They put in their information. It integrates with all their software, and it tells them what they're doing wrong as far as losing money, or it tells them that they're doing well. Either one, it's nice to have it, and it's free. Go to camion.io forward slash talk CD. I'm going to give it to you again, camion, K-A-M-I-O-N dot I O forward
1: slash talk And it's free. Uh, it n- can't beat that. Someone free giving you information to tell you how well you're doing as a company.
0: Go check out Camion's break-even calculator. All right, Ruth, then let's, let's finish up on this, this, this process that we are talking about, because I think it's important for companies and especially in today's market, a lot of companies are being formed. A lot of drivers are starting companies and, uh, they really should know like you were talking about, this has to be in writing. It has mm-hmm. to be, verifications have to be done. You have to document your three years. The other thing that a lot of these companies should know, if you have a driver that quit, and then somebody sends you a verification, technically you have 30 days. But they are cracking down right now. And I believe, Ruth, the laws are going to change because of this accident. And if you look at this company, uh, Castellano, uh, what Castellano 03 Trucking LLC, getting away with a $10,000 fine when apparently, uh, a look at the list of things they were fined for. I, I personally think that they should be involved in, in uh, I hate to say it, but it almost sounds like they probably should uh, have a little lawsuit on their hands. What do you think?
1: Uh, they might be. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen yet. I mean, the people that that they could still go after them, the people that were injured and killed, you know, those families, and even civil. Even, yeah. And even the uh, the government could still end up coming back out of the state for the actions because they did not do everything properly. They could still go and do more. So I
0: wanted to give out the owner's name because I was talking about the trucking company. We mentioned the driver. I think it's only fair that we give out everything. So Castellano 03 Trucking LLC was formed by a, a, a lady named YAMI. That's Y A I. M-Y, Yami Galen Segura, that's Y-A-I-M-Y-G-A-L-A-N-S-E-G-U-R-A. She was the owner of Castellano 03 Trucking LLC, the owner of the truck, and she's the one that hired the driver that went and uh, killed those drivers, in two, or the you know, people in traffic in 2019.
1: Mm-hmm. So anyway, so just a couple more points I wanted to point out. Um This is also good for people that are new to the industry. When you're going on and applying for a job with a company and any driver now, period, if you're with companies and you're, keep some of the documentation that you're working there for them and they need to see that you are actually, as a company, that that if you leave them and you're afraid that the company might not stay afloat much longer or anything like that because of the fact of the way the economy has been in the past. Keep records of uh, where you've driven. Copy something like your toll slips or something, something to prove, take screenshots of your, of your, of your logs. This is all stuff that the companies need to prove that you work for companies. Just because you work for a company doesn't mean that you are a truck driver. It also doesn't mean where you drove. So if you're trying to apply for a job with a company that's that's working east of the Mississippi and they need to show that you worked over the road you need to show that they don't know that you might have stayed just in the city of Tampa or something like that they don't know that information so this is how the the hiring process goes and this is why it's nice to get a little bit more information to protect yourself
0: okay I, I just want to mention just a couple more things that companies are required to run the work the work history mm-hmm the motor vehicle record. Mm -hmm. And these are all things that they're really supposed to see before they put them in their truck. Mm -hmm. Criminal background. Not every company runs a criminal background. That's cool. But, you know, I just I I was talking to a a director the other day. He said a guy was applying with them, and uh, he tried to make it sound like there was, like he had this minor felony when they got it back. First degree murder. And it was in traffic where this guy blew a guy away out of anger. Literally, and he did like 20-some years in prison. So without running his, his criminal background, you know, you want to hire some guy that has a reputation of pulling a gun out in traffic because he gets mad and literally walked up to this victim and shot him in the head. This is what this guy was in prison for. So if, you, if they weren't running his criminal background, they would have never known. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you want to do that. And then your PSP, what's important about PSP, the CSA, the CS, CSA, 2010. I remember that it was called the CSA 2010. it was 12 years ago it was in five states in the Midwest when they started this PSP and CSA 2010. What happened was they were starting to take every driver in and the states were like Kansas um, it was like Kansas, Nebraska, Iowa it was those five of those states out there that were all connected and they were doing it was a five year experiment they started with if anybody remembers this. What they were doing is anybody got pulled in for a, a, an inspection or, you know, or they even got a warning, even a warning for speeding, it would go on this new CSA 2010, which would become the PSP. And then what happened was they did this because they were doing it for for one of the main reasons this all started was be pre-2010, okay, the If you got pulled over in your tractor trailer, and let's say your brakes were out of adjust, you didn't get a fine. The company got a fine. You know, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They would fine the company. Well, what they started by doing this, they started saying, no, this is going to now, this new CSA 2010 PSP was going to now be against the truck driver. You get a ticket for a mechanical ticket. It's going to be on your safety rating, but then also... What they managed to do was the drivers started saying, screw this. If you don't have good equipment, I ain't driving for you. It worked. It really did work because mm-hmm. a lot of companies have stepped up and have really, most of them have their trucks in compliance. Right. Where pre-2010, they didn't, and a lot of times they didn't even pay the fines, blah, blah, blah. It was just a nightmare. Right. So running your running a PSP report, maybe a truck driver... Um, again, you can verify that he's actually working for a company mm-hmm. because you can see that he had inspections. Right. But also, you know, you can also check to see if he's lying to you because mm-hmm. now a couple of companies show up where he was inspected, but he didn't have it on his application.
1: It might not even be on his DAC or hire right. Right. So PSP is very important. It also shows if the driver is doing his pre trips and stuff because if the driver's not doing his pre trips and doing his inspections the way he should when he does his pre and post trips, mm-hmm. The company doesn't know. Hey, my the brakes are bad until the driver says, "Fix my brakes," or these these hose lines are are starting to rot, and we're gonna have an issue with our air brakes or something to that effect. Anything the couplings, if the driver is not doing his trips the way he should, and he gets inspected, and all this stuff comes up, that's a major safety issue. Then the company that's doing the hiring knows whether or not this driver is really going to be a good driver and taking care of their equipment also.
0: So, but anyways, and then the last, the last thing would have been to obtain a negative drug screen and, you know, collect all the drug screens for the last three years, but more important, just as important running your pre-employment and making sure the driver is fit and in compliant with driving a class A CDL vehicle. So not really, and I know a lot of guys are out there and companies are going, dude, we understand that. But there's a lot of companies out there that are that are really flying under the radar. They're not returning references within 30 days. They're not vetting their drivers correctly. And a lot of them are desperate right now because of the times we're in. So they're hiring just anybody with a class A CDL. Maybe a guy that hasn't driven in five, 10 years. Um, they're putting him on. When their insurance company requires, you know, 12 months in the last three years. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is they really need to be compliant because when the crap hits the fan... This this lady is so lucky. She's an example of luck because she should be in trouble for not vetting correctly according mm-hmm. to this deposition and according to the fines, rather, and the arbitration she got. You know, that's not proper vetting. I have no idea what his total experience was because I didn't see that in there. But if we're being honest, I think that it's going to get worse and a lot of these companies are taking a chance when they're not vetting their drivers correctly, oh, and, yeah. and a civil suit, the cost of your business, whatever the case is, mm-hmm. it could come down on your on your shoulders. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, the one time I clearly remember doing a pre-employ, uh, pre-employment um, verification, and I was making the contacts, and I was making the contacts, and I finally got a hold of the one person because they just kept going, unanswered. They won't return. I finally got a hold of them. I'm like, you need to get this back to us. You know, I sent it and it was like two weeks prior that I had sent it. I said, I could resend it if you didn't get it. You know, what can we do to get this, this processed? And he goes, I don't care. I don't care what you do. I said, um, you have 30 days to get this back to me. He goes, I don't care. I will not ever get it back to you. So like he was defiantly disobeying the FMCSA. I'd love to know if he was still in business, but I don't even remember who he was.
0: Well, <laughs> With that being said, I would encourage anyone, and I know some trucking companies will do it, but I would encourage any trucking company to keep, and I know sometimes it might not seem like it's doing good, but if enough people report the same company, hey, this company failed to get back to me, report them. Mm-hmm. Just keep reporting the company that's failing to get the verifications back. And sooner or later, DOT is going to walk and they're going to get a big fine. and it, it, or Or worse yet, they may get a, um, audit. An audit. Nobody yeah. likes that word. Audit. No. Nope. So you know. Bottom line is. If you're a company that hasn't been compliant and your driver quits, you know, stop taking it personal. You know what the worst companies to work for, they say, is family-owned companies. Mm -hmm. They take everything personal because you quit. Just because the guy was with you for two years and then he went and got a better paying job, you're upset. You're going to take it out on him by not. I mean, the guy gave you two years of his life working for you and now you can't return a a, a freaking reference. You weren't even worth working for. So you really need to start being compliant and, and, and acting correctly and professional and not shitting up the damn industry like some of you guys are doing.
1: No, I mean, when we get the new, all the new different people that come in as far as the directors of the FMCSEA and the DOT, you know, when you get these new directors coming in, just like any other politician or anybody else, they have grand ideas. And you have no idea what some of these new people are going to come up with and say, you know what, I think we're going to do this now. And then you have no no if, ands, and buts. You've got to kind of follow what they tell you you need to do. So if you're not doing it right now, when they put new laws and regulations in, it's it's just more more trouble for you if you can't get in the groove and do it. I mean, it's just, I, I never liked when people can't follow, like, do that. But I do have something that I would like to say then. For your, are you done?
0: I mean, is it something on a different subject? Yeah. Okay, well then let's move on. What does okay. Anne have to say?
1: Okay, so the FBI has been looking and asking truck drivers to help um, find a person, a cold case murder, and the reason why I'm bringing it up is it was on overdrive. And if you go to overdrive online and look for it, it's about a young woman. Her name is Tracy Owana Jones. She was a murder victim from November of fifteenth um, of two thousand and six in Galloway, Arkansas. And the reason is they still want to try and find out information that was pertaining to her murder and the things that were going on with her. So if you can contact Agent Alexander with the FBI and see if there's anything that you can, can help with. You can go to Overdrive online and pull up the FBI um, case with her to try and see if there's anything that you might have seen.
0: Well, you know, usually they say when, it, when those crimes happen, there's somebody that either knows about it or has seen it and never came forward. Mm-hmm. And this might be somebody's chance to look up this woman. What was her name again? Her name is Tracy... Awana Jones. And what, what city was it in Arkansas? Galloway. So in Galloway, Arkansas in 2006 when she was murdered. She was 19 years old. Well, what I'm getting at, though, is, I don't know, was it on an interstate back road? Or it was on an interstate. Yeah. So there might have been somebody driving by that day that looked and seen something being tossed out or a trucker on the side of the road. It could have been a camper. It could have been anything. It doesn't have to be a trucker that killed her. But what it could have been was you you, you seen something and you thought to yourself, that's weird. I don't know if I like that. I mean, it's almost like the phone call you and I got the other day. Remember that? Oh, my
1: gosh, yeah. That
0: was weird because we're sitting there in the kitchen and... at. like two days in a row this lady calls you Mm -hmm. and she's like meant you could tell she was like handicapped or something and finally i said to her are you in trouble and she goes yes and and we're like are you have
1: are you a victim of you know human trafficking we came right out and said it because she's from like this the phone calls coming from mississippi on me
0: right (laughs) and she says yes and then some guy yells out no you're not and and, and here it was her dad um uh, supposedly it was her dad um and he was he said I'm sorry that uh you know she how she I don't know how she got your number but she is um mentally challenged and uh she's with me at all the time we said are you a trucker he said no I'm not a trucker um but I and we said so everything's cool so I mean it sounded legitimate but We've actually debated, should we call in? Mm -hmm. And uh, I I think we should, personally. I'm just saying this for the uh, entire audience. At least, hey, this is the phone call we got. And I think you should make, maybe today yet, maybe phone call that in. Only because, just like this murder. Somebody might have seen something and thought, boy, that was weird. I just seen somebody dumping a bag over the guardrail. I wonder if that was a a body. And you never... You never realized you could have actually been a key to solving this murder
1: Well here's where here's where she was last seen. She was last seen on a Wednesday, November 15th on 2006 at a pilot travel center at the Galloway exit off of I-40 east of Little Rock. Her body was found a week later on the 26th in a field off of I-40 in Memphis. Tennessee. Do you, a, do you have a picture of her right there? I do. Well, and describe her. She is a petite little girl. She's only five foot four and about a hundred and what did they say? A hundred and six pounds. What color hair? She's got either sandy blonde, like a a light light brown, maybe. And um, here I'll show you. She's really, I mean, she's nineteen years old. Look at that. She's she's beautiful. She's a cute yeah. girl. Yeah, yeah it D- looks like dark eyes, a little bit of hair, but she's, yeah, about 110 pounds, five foot four. Anyways, the FBI Little Rock Field Office, their number is 501-221-9100. Contact Agent Alexander. If there's anything that you can come up with, there is a reward out for her information. So if there's anything that you can come up with, if you can't... Um, Remember the information you could always go to the um, FBI and look it up there or on the overdrive online uh, website and pull up the FBI seeking help of truckers cool
0: very good article Ruth let's this last article trucker arrested we're moving on trucker arrested for vehicular vehicular homicide <laughs>
1: vehicular yeah
0: no, <laughs> I, I think it happened Monday um this happened in Knoxville it, um, it says Semi-truck driver Christopher Savannah was arrested after he failed to slow down for a rolling barricade on I-75. Basically, they had barricades set up because it says debris, but when you look into it further, there was a ladder on the interstate. Hmm. Like and some some utility truck or whatever probably lost the ladder. So it's they put a,
1: a barrier up instead of just getting the ladder out of there?
0: Well, they 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 needed to like I guess probably move people over. So, because it's an interstate, it was on I-75. So, people are doing, you know, 75, 80 mile an hour. So, anyways, it says, Savannah struck and killed Deputy Sergeant Chris Jenkins. He was, Sergeant Jenkins was actually. He
1: was the barricade.
0: However you want to call it. I mean, it says, um, Jenkins, who was removing debris or a ladder from the road. Tennessee Highway Patrol had a list of warrants for the driver, which said he was under the influence of marijuana. So here's a guy, he's all stoned, and he's driving a track trailer. It says, Savannah was charged with vehicular homicide by intoxication, vehicular homicide by recklessness, reckless endangerment times two, DUI, simple possession, possession of a handgun under the influence, possession of drug power familiar, and other traffic charges. This guy, I mean, obviously, they threw everything they could at him, but my whole point is, It's, it is not worth, you ever see that commercial, even buzz driving is drunk driving. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not worth at all, you know, to have anything in your system, even though, you know, many people can have a beer or probably even smoke a joint and still be, you know, uh, coherent enough to where they feel they can drive. Mm -hmm. But the bottom line is, All you need is somebody to run a stop sign. It's not even your fault. And you get into an accident and they see or smell something on you.
1: You're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. I mean, it's even if you feel you are okay, your reaction time generally still is just a tad slower than you would have normally been. Sure. So, I mean, even because everybody knows, you know, if you have a drink, it's going to relax you in some form. Absolutely. So even one drink, one shot It's going to be that just enough to where your reaction time would slow down. So even though you're not feeling like you're buzzed, you're still having, your body's still going to have some form of a reaction to it. And for
0: all you drivers out there that are saying right now, I don't know what you're talking about. I've been doing that my whole life. I could drink a beer or two and drive, no problem, man. I could smoke a joint and I could drive, no problem. I've been doing it for 30 years and never had an issue. Well, I promise you, there's going to, you're, 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 it's almost like playing Russian roulette. You keep spinning that revolver. One, one of these days, there's going to be a bullet in the chamber and you're going to die. It's this, it's the truth, Ruth Ann. You think about it. I that. agree.
1: I agree. It's, it's just not worth taking. Even if you don't hurt someone else, the fact that you're even doing it and the person, like if, the, if a cop comes up there because someone did do the, they're the ones that caused it. They're the ones that were walked out in front whatever the case might've been. It might've been that other person's fault completely you're still going to end up getting in trouble because it's still going to be on you as one, the professional driver, but you're taking something, you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing while you're driving.
0: And and, and if we're being honest, um, every trucking company I know, if you have a DUI and it's over seven years, some are over five and some are over three, they will hire you, but they always ask one question, was the DUI in a personal vehicle or was it in a commercial and if you had a dui which this is what he's getting in a commercial and homicide he's never and unless you find some junky company that's just starting up some lady don't know what she's doing <laughs> I was say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying though that you you're pretty much out of trucking you're, you're i don't even know that you find you're a even, new career i don't even know somebody sent you know how we get letters all the time some guy sent me a letter the other day asking me how can i go about getting my my license back um, uh, f- for a dui and i said I, I wrote back to him i said when was a dui and it was like 6 months ago I said, dude, you got at least three to five years. Do your time. Yeah, you got at least three to five years before anybody's even going to look at you because they can't. But when you have it in a commercial vehicle, you might as well just go, you know, figure out a new career. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's right. R- that's what it comes down to. That's so, true. anyways, prayers for the um, for uh, the sergeant's family. You know, I mean, he's a human being also. Just doing. It. In fact, he was doing a job to get. I've seen cops, Ruthann. Re- I'm going to tell you this real quick. I have it on video. Um not long ago I was driving on a back road over there on Stagecoach and there was a big box in the middle of the road, right?
1: Yeah. Guess yeah. who's
0: guess who's coming at guess who's coming towards me? A cop. Guess what he does? He drives around the damn box. He drives around the box and keeps going. I actually have it on video. It was a Citrus County Sheriff. It's I'm just saying that's what it was. So I videoed it. I never put it online. I thought, oh, you dumbass. You're, you're paid to protect the public, and you know damn well that box, somebody could swerve and get into an accident, right, on a windy back road, and there you are slowing down and going around it instead of g- putting your lights on and getting out and moving the damn box, right? So yeah. I, I stopped, turned around, and moved the box myself. All I'm saying is this cop at least – was protecting the public, getting out on I-75 to get a damn ladder off the road because he didn't want people getting hurt. He could have kept going, like some. I'm not saying every cop is bad. I'm not saying every cop is good. All I'm saying was this guy sounded like he at least cared, Mm -hmm. and now he's dead. It's a shame. So how about we move on? Do you have anything for us today in in reference to a joke? And is the joke funny finally?
1: I have lots of stuff, but before I move on to my joke, I want to say we are going to be working with Mets we are going to be going to mats this this march and if you're going to register with mats use our code our code is nep18
0: n as in nancy e yeah. as in edward p as in paul one eight. right. Nep 18 right yes. nep18 any use code nep18
1: and guess what if you do it it's free it's yes. a free it's free to get in it's free to get in if and you go through us and what they're doing is they want to see how many people Going to attend MEPS or MEPS,
0: MATS, MEPS is the army, army,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> it's military. <laughs> MATS, they want to know how many people that actually listen to us that are going to attend MATS. We are going to be, be, be able to be there, we're going to be um, walking around, interviewing, talking to people, giving out hats, giving some products out. We'll have out. our we'll have Dale stuff on, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll recognize. So come and see us, we're going to be there. Um, Go, there's going to be a link that's going to be put on our Facebook page also so that you can hit, click that link and it will take you right to the registration form also.
0: Yeah, so register at uh, wherever the, the link is going to be, but if you use NEP18 mm-hmm. as a code.
1: Yep, promo code NEP18. It's free
0: for you. Stop in and, and meet us. We'd love to shake hands and, and say hi to everybody out there. We get a lot of mail from you. We'd love to put some faces with the names yeah. and, and the emails. Exactly,
1: you. exactly. Okay, so... Moving on? The quietest place in the world. Do you know where it's at? Yeah. In uh, the world. Minnesota. No.
0: Okay, the quietest room in the world is in Minnesota. I've seen that. I read it online. Nope. Okay, what's, where's the quietest place in the world?
1: Building 87 in the Microsoft Wedman, Washington campus. Yeah? Yeah. So they developed, Microsoft developed this room that they consider the quietest place on earth. And the reasoning is, is because they wanted to see how much of that ambient noise, you know, when you're like sitting and you're doing something and you can hear the buzz and the hum of the, the cables or the electronic going through it, uh-huh. well, they've created this room so that they could see how much of that noise is created when someone's, you know, working and doing certain things. So this room, it's coic. I can't even pronounce it, but I'm saying that is that's the name of the chamber. And it was constructed with six layers of concrete and steel, which all rest on dampening springs in the floor to eliminate nearby vibrations. Fiberglass wedges are covered all over the walls and the ceiling so that it traps the sound waves and stops it. So the room itself, do you know like the decibels and stuff like for noises and stuff? Right. Well, this, the room is considered negative 20.35 decibels.
0: It's actually incredible. You know they had they had this other one in Minnesota, and it was probably you know the one you just read probably is now the quietest. But this one used to be, and they said the average person can't go in the chamber for more than forty five minutes or they'll go insane because like your heartbeat sounds like that's what this is bombs going
1: off. Yeah, it, it said that you can hear. It says um, what's normally an. Un- Unaudible can now be heard, which is the rustle of the clothes, sounds like a roar of the ocean, and then your body creates its own soundtrack with the digestion. See, my stomach always is making funky sounds. Like, it will get loud. So you can hear all of this easily. And it also says that, like, at an, an average rock concert, the decibels are 110 when you're there. So, and then to listen to gas or liquid molecules colliding with each other, that's a negative 23. So to give you the idea then, at this room being negative 20.35. Crazy. Just, ugh, blow I kind of got like chills, like creepy chills. So like I would never want to be in there because I don't want to hear my heartbeat and the blood flowing through my veins. I don't want to hear me breathing. You know, I don't want to hear all that stuff. So it's just like. That's craziness. I would not want to hear your fart in that room, that's for sure.
0: Oh, that would sound like a nuclear bomb. (laughs) All right. Hey, so you know what? We are actually at an hour and 12 minutes right now, so why don't we move on?
1: What did one pickle say to the other when it didn't get its way?
0: (sighs) Oh, gosh. If I don't (laughs) laugh at this, I'm cutting your joke segment out. No. (laughs) So the question was, what did what?
1: If you were a pickle and I was a pickle and... uh, you didn't get your way, what would I say? What did one pickle say to the other when it didn't get its way? Tell me. Deal with it. Deal. Deal with it. Deal, with it. Deal with it.
0: Deal with it. See, even you didn't laugh at that one.
1: No, I did a few times. Yeah, okay. Deal with it. Deal with it. Deal with it. All right, so my word from Word Genius.
0: Yes, Word Genius.
1: Is um, we are watching... And I thought it was pretty funny. We were watching um, Despicable Me with Scarlett.
0: That was funny. Yep. Yeah. Despicable Me too. Too. That's where the minions get injected and they become monsters. Yeah, they're all purple. They're purple.
1: But what, <laughs> what was the doctor's name?
0: Navarro, Doctor Navarro. Um,
1: Doctor Navario.
0: Navario. Yeah. yeah.
1: So here, listen to this. I'm nefarious. Omniferous. Um, I've heard that name before. Omnifarious. Um, so omnifarious um, is compare, um, compromising or relating to all sorts of varieties. So if you're looking at like jelly beans, it's like there's a, so many different varieties. It's omnifarious. So the political panel was omnifarious in order to spark debates or the farmer's market had an omnifarious tomato display. Nice. So it's just a variety. So that's something good that the drivers can be using.
0: Yes. Omnifarious. And, and look at the omnifarious selection of trucks out there. Oh, mm-hmm. I think there's five, maybe six. Okay, Ruthann, I think we are out of here. Peace. Peace. Praise the Lord.